The first Bible teacher I ever had used to say over and over and over again that he wished that he could go back in time and sit around the campfire with Jesus. Just listen, talk, tell some stories, maybe cook some s'mores, just hang out. Well, I always loved that image, sitting by the campfire with Jesus. But we see in today's gospel that Jesus didn't get much downtime. Now, it may interest you to know that between these two incidents in the gospel of teaching and healing, there are some really famous verses, two of the biggest miracles in Mark's gospel, the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water. Big, juicy stories are left out completely left out of today's gospel. Well, why would they do that? Why would the revised common lectionary, which is the three-year cycle of readings used around the world in all the Episcopal churches, most of the mainline Protestants and the Catholic churches, why would they do that? Well, it took me a while, but I think I have figured it out. You see, the church is in its green season. It's called ordinary time. It begins at the end of May after the very dramatic sequence of Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Ascension, Pentecost. And ordinary time is from the end of May all the way through November. And it's when the church wears its ordinary clothes. Green vestments, green altar linens, and even green service books. Ordinary time is to slow us down. It's to give us time to read, reflect, learn. Ordinary time encourages us to deepen, to spend more time with God in nature, in books, in prayer, in ordinary, everyday human ways. And so that's what we get to do in today's gospel. We get to hang out with Jesus, shadow him, get to know him by spending time with him as he goes about an ordinary day, one of his never-ending days of love. So the gospel begins, our day begins, with the apostles gathered around Jesus. Well, they're back from being sent out by Jesus in pairs, back from what Reverend Nate described two weeks ago as an extremely vulnerable mission without money, food, or even an extra tunic to keep warm, completely dependent upon God in the hands of others. Well, now they're back. And they must be pretty tired, but I think they must also be pretty excited by having done it, having endured it, having actually had some successes with healing and casting out demons. I imagine that they're full of themselves, just as we would be. I imagine them all talking at once, jockeying for position, vying for Jesus' attention, but they keep being interrupted by all these people. But Jesus gets it, he has compassion, he loves them, and so he says, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. 
And so, great. They go, they gather in the boat to go somewhere deserted and peaceful to gather their strength, maybe share some food, and then finally maybe to sit around that campfire. It's an ordinary day. Well, as the boat comes around this curve and then pulls itself into a cove, there are people everywhere, all over the slopes and up the hills behind the slopes, and Jesus sees them. He really sees them, just like he really sees us in all of our brokenness. He sees hungry people, anxious about their children and the future. He sees pain in the faces of those who suffer from a terrible accident, a crippling injury, a lost job, a broken marriage, bills too big to pay, in the face of a nursing mother with another baby on the way. He sees fear in a world of violence, a world that no longer seems to make much sense. And he feels their despair, and he feels their need for hope and justice right there on that hillside, right here in this place, on this ordinary day. So he gets out of the boat, and he hikes up the hill, and he sits down, and the crowd stills. And he is their shepherd. The crowd stills. We know what that feels like when love and truth drop deep into a whole crowd, into the heart of every listener, and it unifies every soul in that crowd. We have felt this and known it in the many tragedies that we have shared of late, that the power of love stills a crowd. The one that continues to stand out for me is Emma Gonzalez, following the Parkland shootings, just 17 years old. She stood silent and still for love, not hate. And the crowd, tens of thousands or more, stood silent and still with her. I stood with her, stood alone in my living room, staring at the television. The power of love drops deep. That is God at work. That is the love of Jesus, available to us always, even on this ordinary day. Now, Scripture says he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion. Now, compassion literally means with suffering. Jesus was with them, with suffering. Compassion is such a big word that we need a little vocabulary here. To understand another's pain, 
is to sympathize. To feel another's pain is to empathize. To pity, in that old-fashioned use of the word, is to both understand and feel. But compassion is something beyond, something deeper, something much riskier. Compassion rolls up its sleeves. Compassion sits with, walks with, talks with, not at. Compassion shows up, walks alongside, stands next to. Compassion holds your hand, walks your dogs, reads to you, drops off a meal, takes the kids to school, sends a card, prays with you, loves you with all it has. Compassion overpowers self-interest. Now, compassion sometimes leads to big things like marches, but more often, compassion drops deep with small moments of active love and trust. This place, St. A's, is full of compassionate people. You. Many of us have been held up here when we sorely needed it. And many more have done the holding. But the ache is that in this broken world, we can't do everything. We can't help everyone. We are not Jesus. We get tired. We run out of steam. Just like the disciples who are still back in the boat. Their excitement is gone and they are really tired. But they tie up the boat, grab a knapsack, and trudge up the hill, having lost their chance to have Jesus all to themselves. I really relate to the disciples. I mean, I relate to their jealousy and their disappointment, not to mention their frustration because Jesus always does this. <laughs> but his compassion and his love draws us all up the hill. Now, some compassion comes easy. Crisis compassion we're pretty good at. When the immediate need overtakes everything else and the adrenaline pounds and whatever the problems we had, like tired or reluctance, are long gone as we tend to the crisis at hand. But everyday compassion, the kind we see in Jesus on this ordinary day, is harder. It's a lot harder. Because we get tired and impatient and resentful and overwhelmed. Watching Jesus today, sitting on that hillside, we've seen and felt God's grace at work. Jesus shows us how compassion works in the everyday, in ordinary time. And Jesus says to us, you can do this too. Just walk with me.
So now we get it, the real reason for this morning's gospel, to better learn how to walk with Jesus, how to try a little harder, how to do a little better, how to love each other a little more, how to see the person and not the problem, how to go deeper. Jesus walks along beside us and says, it will be all right. Now, I don't know if you heard him say this as we were all walking back to the boat, um, but he said, walk with me. The world needs you as Christians together in communities. The world needs you to not give up. So walk with me. I'm right here with you. It'll be all right. And then as he was getting in the boat, he said, please make sure that everyone knows that all are welcome at tonight's campfire. Amen.